What's up, guys? You just heard me play my final turn in last week's game of Mental Magic against Eric Weidetz. It's a 10-turn game of Magic played entirely here on Anchor through call-ins. It was an exciting win. But right now, I'm throwing down the gauntlet, guys. It's Throwdown Thursday, and every single Thursday, I invite a brand new challenger to challenge me here on Mental Magic on Anchor. So, guys, if it's your first time tuning in, here's how things are going to work. Two things are going on. Number one... Anchor now has a feature where you can turn all of your recordings on your station into a podcast with a click of a button. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start consolidating the week's recordings, the games of Mental Magic. So instead of only listening to them stretched out through single recordings day by day, I'm going to release them as little podcasts so you guys can actually hear the game in sequence all together at once. I think it's a better idea. So for that, I'm not going to explain the game rules other than just the first time each time I start a game of Mental Magic. So here are the rules. Each player in the game picks a two-color combination, any two colors. Those are the two colors in which you will have mana generated automatically at the beginning of each turn. You get one on turn one, two on turn two, so if you're red-white, you get a red or white on turn one, a red and a white, or a red-red or a white-white on turn two, so on and so forth. Your mana doesn't burn between phases, it only burns at the beginning of your next turn, which means if you have something that needs an activated ability and and, uh, uses mana, you can use that mana during your opponent's turn. However, the only thing that can happen at instant speed are activated abilities, because there are no instant speed spells, that's flash or instance, though you can play instance at sorcery speed if you'd like to. Beyond that, guys, there are no hands, libraries, or graveyards in Mental Magic because it's a game played entirely through call-ins. Anything that references flipping the top card of your library, drawing cards, anything like that, it's a void effect. Just ignore the effect. doesn't matter. It's pretty much a game of main phases and attack steps. So you can play one spell each turn, any spell in the history of Magic. There are ways to get around that. If you suspend something and it comes off suspend, you're able to play two spells that turn. But you understand the concept there. Finally, guys... If you do play a land as your spell for the turn, it's playing a land. It's on the battlefield. The next turn, it's going to be able to ramp you. You can combine the mana generated by the land and your naturally generated mana to ramp ahead by a turn. But keep in mind, it does count as your spell for the turn. If it generates mana of a color other than the two colors you picked, now you can cast spells in that color as long as you have the land. So on and so forth, guys. Prepare for an awesome game of magic played entirely through combat steps and main phases. Be sure to pass the priority back to your opponent if ever there's a combat situation or an activated ability that you know they may want to respond with. Aside from that, guys, have at it. Call in. Hold down that button. Be sure to call in with your challenge. I want a brand new challenger for this week, guys. We're starting a whole new thing here. This is the first time we're going to be doing this as a podcast at the end of the week, consolidated it as one match. So even if you've called in before, call in right now. Be the first caller. You will be my first podcast challenger in Mental Magic. Remember, though, when you call in, you got to pick two things. A, your two-color combination, and B, are you on the play or on the draw? If you're on the play... You get one mana on turn one, but no spell, which means you get to play the first two mana spell of the game on your second turn. If you choose to be on the draw, you get one mana on turn one and a spell. But remember, your opponent's going to hit two mana first, and they will get a two mana spell before you do. That's pretty much that, guys. Don't try to go for extra turns, because we don't allow them. Other than that, thanks for listening. It's 10 minutes of magic, mental magic, here on Throwdown Thursday. Call in, guys. I want to hear what you have to say. I challenge you, I would want to use red-white, and I would be on the play. So I draw my card, you draw first, but I get to play the 
two-minute spell first. So if you want to accept my challenge, I'll do it. Heath Moore, challenge accepted, my friend. Red-white, it's an interesting combination. I think it's a strong combination. Uh, I think red is traditionally the strongest color here in Mental Magic. I'm going to accept the challenge uh, of, of red-white. You are going to be on the draw, which means all I have to do right now is determine what colors I'm going to be playing. As my turn one, I don't get a play because I get the first two drop in the game, but you get the first one drop on the draw. I'm going to choose the color combination of red-blue. Um, I've been coming around a little bit on blue. I think it's strong. Um, obviously, you know, every color combination has its strengths and weaknesses, but I'm curious to see what you're going to, what you're going to do here. Are we going to see the traditional aggro blitz? Are we going to, you know, what, what are we going to see? So, uh, onus put back on you, Heath Moore. I challenge you as you have challenged me. You play red, white. I play red, blue. And guys, if you're curious about the rules of mental magic, they were introduced at the beginning of this game. We've played enough games here. Um, but the gist of it is a, it is a simplified game of magic played entirely through Collins. Um, and that's the deal, guys. So, Keith Moore, what you got? What's up, guys? Mental Magic time. We're back here on 10 Minutes of Magic with the only game of Magic played entirely through call-ins on Anchor. My opponent, Heath Moore, has called in. He's challenged me. He's thrown down. The game starts now. He's playing red-white. I'm playing red-blue. Uh, if you guys don't know the rules of Mental Magic, we've explained it on here several times, but there will be a podcast published at the end of this match that if you slide over on your Anchor app on your on your phone, you can see there's a tab. You can listen to the full episode. So I'll, I'll be consolidating all the turns of this game because it's a 10-turn maximum game, and you'll be able to hear the full thing. So uh, Heath has elected to have the first two drop played in the game. I get the first one drop, which makes him on the play and me on the draw. Um, he is playing red-white, and as I said, I'm playing red-blue. Both of us playing red, a very strong color, which means I am going to suspend a Lotus Bloom, one of my favorite plays. I'm going to suspend a Lotus Bloom. It, it is a, uh, a version of Black Lotus that suspends for three for zero mana. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come on on my turn four. It's going to cast automatically, and that's my play. So Heath, I pass back to you to see what you have in, in the memory banks there my friend what play you want to make thanks for listening guys it's 10 minutes of magic be sure to favorite the station if you like what you're hearing have a good one guys what's up guys welcome back we're checking back in here for this week's game of mental magic it's been a little bit delayed as it was an exciting weekend of pre-releases and weddings on my end i'm playing against heath moore uh we're gonna hear his turn to play right now he's playing red white and i am playing blue red the rules of mental magic are well explained at this point and this will be part of a podcast so you're gonna hear all of the things in the introduction i'm gonna play heath's call for you right now and then share my play with you so a turn one suspended Lotus Bloom. I'm really not quite sure what to think of that right now, but I am going to try to go strong and play a selfless spirit. It's a 2-1 spirit um, flying, and I can sacrifice it to create to give all my creatures indestructibility until the end of turn. So it's 20-20 all, and you're go. Heath Moore, I will see your selfless spirit. And in blue-red, I will fire right back at you with a two-drop play of my own. As I am in blue-red, I don't really want you to have the selfless spirit. It just seems like setup for something better. Um, but I also don't want to play a spell that kills it and only has a benefit if your thing isn't sacrificed because you can sacrifice it in response. So I think to get it off the table and prevent you from setting up... I probably need to just kill it and leave something. So to do that, I think I'm going to play a simple creature. 
called Spark Mage Apprentice. It's from M10. It's one red, one colorless for a 1-1 that when it enters the battlefield, it does one damage to target creature or player. And I'm going to deal one damage to your self spirit, just so I can be left with a 1-1 creature, and your guy's dead, and I have a Lotus Bloom that is suspended, and it's gone to two counters. And that's going to be my turn. I think that's the that's all, all I really got to do for my turn here. I want to see what you have up your sleeve on your turn three here. Uh, you know, obviously we both have a game plan, so I wonder if Selfless Spirit was an important part of it. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. It's 10 Minutes of Magic. Uh, you know, Heath Moore, good luck, man. Let's see what you do. What's up, guys? We're back. It's 10 Minutes of Magic. You're catching me in the middle of a game of mental magic right now against Heath Moore. Heath, here's the stakes, guys. Uh, Heath is playing red-white, and he has a Cunning Spark Mage in play. He's, he's played his Cunning Spark Mage on his turn three. I have not yet played my turn three. There are no other permanents on the battlefield, but as we go into my turn right now, it is my turn three, which means that my Lotus Bloom is going to tick down to one counter left on Suspend. Um, it's, it's getting to an important part of the game, and, you know, neither player has taken any significant amount of damage. In fact, unless I'm mistaken, we are, I think, both at 20. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where things stand right now. So I think I'm kind of winning winning the game at the moment because I'm playing blue-red and he's playing red-white. And uh, I, I, guess, I guess I'm not winning, but neither of us have less than 20 life, and I'm about to go into turn three, and we're both in red. So that means something. So, you know, with my Lotus Bloom suspended and your Cunning Spark Mage on the table, I am going to cast a Basalt Monolith. Uh, Three-mana artifact, taps to add three colorless. For three mana, you can untap Basalt Monolith. That's the nature of the card. It's a pretty simple card. It's not a card that we see that much of these days, but definitely a powerful one. So that's going to be the deal. Uh, Heath Moore, Basalt Monolith on the table, and a Lotus Bloom with Suspend 1. Your Cunning Spark Mage, uh, it is your prerogative to ping me for 1. If you want to announce your turn, and let me know if you ping me for 1 or not at the end of my turn. That is your call, my friend. And that's going to do it for my turn here in 10 Minutes of Magic on Anchor. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening. And I can't wait to see what you do for your turn 4. Mr. Heath Moore. Uh, if you guys are curious on the rules of mental magic, you will hear them at the beginning of this podcast and uh, in general probably have heard them plenty of times. But it's a mental magic game played entirely here through Collins with maximum of 10 turns. That's the gist of it. What's up, guys? You're about to hear Heath Moore call in with his turn four play in this particular game of Mental Magic. And I have to say, Heath Moore, you got something coming, my friend. So here's how this works, guys. It's Mental Magic. I've already explained the rules, and this is all going to get posted to a small podcast. So, uh, you know, I don't need to roll over the rules entirely, but it is a ten-turn game of Magic in which there are no hands, libraries, or graveyards, and all of the plays are made exclusively through Collins. The state of the game right now is that Heath Moore has just played a Furnace of Wrath. Uh, You're going to hear him announce his play. I'm actually going to throw to him right now. And then you're going to hear my play. Okay. You're in the turn. I'm going to use my Cutting Spark Mage to kill your Spark Mage Apprentice. So going into turn four, it's still 2020. Uh, you've currently got a Lotus Bloom with one suspend counter and your Basalt Monolith. I'm going to try kind of an unconventional play here. I'm going to go for a Furnace of Wrath, four mana enchantment. All damage dealt is doubled. So in a turn 2020, you said you've got a Lotus Bloom in play, uh, a suspend with one counter, so it'll come in next pl- turn. Basalt Monolith, and I've got my Cunning Spark Mage and a Furnace of Wrath. Your go. All right, guys, you heard Heath Moore with his call. He played a Furnace of Wrath in the colors of red-white. That's what he's been playing this whole time. Now, that's really interesting because he let my Basalt Monolith sit there uh, unmolested. And this turn, as it is my turn four now, 
my Lotus Bloom comes off suspend, which means, guys, that I have access to an untapped Basalt Monolith. I've got a Lotus Bloom on the battlefield. I have four regular mana, and there's a Furnace of Wrath. Now, I believe we're both at 20 life, but I'm kind of astounded because Furnace of Wrath is a parallel effect, which means I'm going to sacrifice my Lotus Bloom, I'm going to tap my Basalt Monolith, and I'm going to generate three red mana, and I'm going to play Searing Wind for 10 damage. But that 10 damage is doubled because of Furnace of Wrath, which means, Heath Moore, I'm doming you for 20 on turn four. I'm just one-shotting you right now, dude. Like, I'm wondering what your play was here, because I definitely think there was a good chance that with a Furnace of Wrath on the battlefield going on to turn five, you, you have a good shot at figuring out a way to just straight up kill me. I mean, like, there's a lot of things I feel like you could probably figure out to do that would be completely bananas. But the fact of the matter is, if you let me ramp between two artifacts to get to ten mana on turn four, and you give me a Furnace of Wrath, I mean, it's like the perfect storm. So, I'm doming you for twenty on turn four. That's how this game of Mental Magic is going to end, unless I'm missing something. I... I very much want to hear your call-in, though. And I have to tell you, uh, I was incorrect on Basalt Monolith. I thought Basalt Monolith was had some ability to play a second card and just just win the game, like whenever a permanent untaps, something happens, and I was wrong about that. Uh, it's an infinite mana thing with, with Rings of Brighthearth, but you needed like a sink for that, so um, I would have needed to do more than that. So uh, thank you for the Furnace of Wrath. That was awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. It's 10 Minutes of Magic. we got a brand new game of t uh, 10 Minutes of Magic coming up tomorrow. Um, and If you're hearing this on a podcast, every single Thursday on, mental, on 10 Minutes of Magic, we do Mental Magic, where uh, a caller of the show calls in, we get the game going, the game's played entirely through call-ins, the rules will all be explained at the beginning of the podcast, so check that out. Thanks for listening, and Heath Moore, thanks for being a good sport, man. Um, always love playing the mental magic over the anchor. Uh, have a good one, guys. What's up, guys? It's Thursday. Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Magic, the daily station here on Anchor, talking to you every day about the best game in the world, Magic the Gathering. I'm going to start you off today with a quick follow-up to this last week's game of Mental Magic. As it is Throwdown Thursday, there will be a new one starting today, but you are going to hear the last response from Heath Moore, my opponent, uh, as the game ended with Heath Moore resolving a Furnace of Wrath in response to me basically resolving a basalt monolith with a lotus bloom coming off suspend. So on my fourth turn of the game, I was going to be going to 10 mana, uh, and he gave me a furnace of wrath, which uh, is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite, uh, like, what-the-hell plays. And so you'll hear Heath explaining it right now, um, and then I will respond to that, and then we will get into some more content today. Guys, thanks for listening. It's 10 Minutes of Magic. Yep, totally GG's. I forgot about the 10 mana damage spell. I was really hoping you would play something that... I was kind of baiting you into doing some big ma 10 mana um, like creature like Ulamar or something like that, but I totally forgot about that, so good game. So guys, that was Heath Moore calling and kind of explaining what was going on. So Heath, something that you said there I thought was really interesting, which is that you were trying to bait me into playing some like gigantic threat for 10 mana that you forgot about Searing Wind. Totally understandable. Obviously, it happens to all of us. So just my thoughts here at the end of this first run of Mental Magic, that this is going to be the first podcast version. So this will be the sign-off uh, if people, you know, download the what I guess will probably be something like an eight or nine minute podcast, a little short uh, back and forth. They can hear all of our turns. But as you said, you were trying to bait me into playing something like an Ulamog or some big threat. Well, what I've noticed is that in Mental Magic, because there's no ability to play lands, or you can play lands, but playing lands is not something that you have a bunch of to cast spells with. And because you have no library, so you're not drawing cards, it actually turns into a game where 
there's certain resources that are a lot more valuable than you'd think, and there's a lot of cards where the power level is exceptionally low and very mitigated because you can't get the big payoff. So a card like, uh, I'm mixing up what all the Eldrazi do, but like, enters the battlefield or, or when you cast it, draw four cards. Well, if you can't draw four cards, playing like something with Annihilator that doesn't have haste isn't really very good anymore. So playing a 10-man spell, if you hadn't played the Furnace of Wrath, for 10, there's nothing that's actually that exceptional. Like, there's, you know, I think big planeswalkers that make tokens, like, that's a pretty good thing you can do. There's definitely things you can do where, like, you play a really big haste creature. You know, Molten, Primor Molten Primordial is a card that I've lost to several times. You know, it's got haste, it does six. Like, But in a lot of cases, without haste, uh, there's a lot of setup you have to do. So you have to really think, you have to really think long and hard about how you're going to get there. So uh, I'm, I'm still working on all the various different strategies in each color that make each one good. But long story short, it was a great fun game. And uh, it definitely, I, I don't know how many more times I'm going to be able to one-shot somebody with for 20 damage in one play in this game. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We've got the next round of Mental Magic coming up right now. I'm going to throw down the throwdown. And if you want to play me, you call in. You will be the second edition of this podcast that is now this thing called Mental Magic. Thanks for listening. Favorite the station if you like what you're hearing because you guys are my favorites. And, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast, the 10 Minutes of Magic podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.